welcome to the Craft Beer Showdown podcast, where information is king, drinking is mandatory, and the beer is always flowing. Now, let's check in with your hosts and see what's on draft in this session. Thanks for tuning in to episode 11 of the Craft Beer Showdown. Today, Amanda and I talk to Jake from PA Brew Tours all about how to get people out to breweries, get them home safe, and get them the information they need. So without any more waiting, here's Amanda, me, and Jake. Let's do it. So welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Crafter Showdown, episode number 11. With us is Jake from PA Brew Tours. Uh, we're going to talk to him here in a little bit about PA Brew Tours and teaching people a little bit about breweries and you know getting everybody a little more informed. Uh, but to start with, well, first, say hi, Jake. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. It's a real honor and a pleasure. I appreciate it. Oh, an honor. Uh-huh. Yeah, you haven't uh, obviously watched it. It's an honor because I've had a few beers, so... <laughs> <laughs> Just don't pick your nose. It's, it's live the whole time. Alright. Okay, so, um, kind of the way we start all these shows is with a little bit of beer news, so we're going to look at some beer news. Uh, the first thing that I saw that I thought was pretty cool... Uh, it, is Oscar Blues wants to start distilling. And I think that's pretty cool because, I mean, they make pretty good beer, so I imagine they do pretty good distilling? Yeah, yeah, distilling is a verb. Yeah. So it says here, looking to open in, open Chewburger. Chubburger. Chubburger. Maybe the gold Chubburger. Ah, yeah, that makes way more sense. Uh, you know, try. So, yeah, just looks pretty interesting. Um, it seems like the craft distilling kick has kind of been big lately. Oh, yeah. Dogfish has a ton of different things that they do. Oh, yeah, like at the, um, the brew pub. Yeah. Coconut um, and all kind of flavors. Well, I think before we go any further, we need to get it. Oh, beer. yeah, alcohol. Um, Good. So the tour that I went on with PA Brew Tours was to Voodoo Brewery. So to start it off, drink a little bit of Voodoo Love Child. Oh, it's actually my favorite beer of all time. I'm jealous. Pretty pretty darn good beer. So uh, aged on cherries, raspberries, and passion fruit. And do you happen to know the alcohol in this? Uh, it's based on the Grand Met oh. recipe, which is like 11. So 9.5. 9.5, okay. It's a good beer to start with. There you go. Thanks. Gee, I've never had this one before. <laughs> We've been inside the tanks. Mm, not a voodoo, no. So, awesome, nice, good, you know, belgian beer. Thanks for sharing, Brian. Cheers. Cheers, Jake. I threw the computer. Yeah, I like here's, that. Here's Jake coming at you. Yeah. Okay. So, beer in hand, we can look at number two on our list. So the next thing I saw, honestly, I kind of think that this was just to get uh, just to get links, get clicks. But I'm a stalker. I clicked it. Uh, the Atlantic was reporting that the death of beer has been greatly exaggerated, and they kind of talk about all the people saying that you know beer's on the decline. Mm. Um, 
and I mean that's kind of what people always say in in areas that have just such a big growth like this. Right. And let's not forget domestics are on the decline in a tiny, tiny amount, but there's some truth to that statement. Yeah. Um, the big thing they say here is looking at the growth uh, up until 2011 with spirits, wine, and beer. Even though craft beer has been going up, uh, at least with what they're showing, it looks like the percent of growth in all beer has been going down in relation to wine and spirits. Right. Which, I, I mean, you can do a lot with numbers, and it, the article basically goes to say that it looks like it's just, just that. Like it's not... Don't be afraid about beer. It, yeah, I, it's still here. I wonder if part of it is just because there's such a huge spread of different breweries now, whereas opposed to well, a liquor and wine is still, it's not as growing at a tremendous rate. So in theory, we would be losing market share because there's too many of us now. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I mean, I think I'm wording this incorrectly, but, uh, you know, maybe yeah. I'll, I'll keep drinking and I'll be able to uh, say a little bit more here about this. Jake, any... Uh... He nodded, so he might be on the same page as me. He can see it better, though. Well, um, so I just finished up going to school, and I focused my entire post-undergrad degree on, on craft beer. Um, mm. Every class I did... You every person does at college? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, you know, and kind of like my, my senior thesis was basically along the lines of that, you know, Beer is on a bell curve like any other business that it is. I, I think craft beer is going to continue to fragment. There's going to be more breweries opening up every day around us, but as far as the decline of beer, nah, I don't know about that. Go to any local bar. I think you pretty much see everybody drinking beer. Those stats are pretty nominal, too. I think part of the part of it is is cost, though, too. I mean, you can go and get pretty shitty off a fifth of vodka for, like, Six ninety nine, or you could buy a case of beer that's not going to do that to you for you know ten ninety nine. Um, so if it is just about a declining economy and getting drunk quick, hard to beat a fifth of vodka. Good old Vladimir. Yeah. Yeah, which you guys were talking about distilling a little bit earlier. I mean, I think that that another thought process that I had is that um, distilling, at least on the East Coast, is going to kind of do what the craft beer movement did a few mm -hmm. years ago. To where it was just, and it was everywhere, and you're like, what are these cool things that I see popping up all over the place, and then you start to be kind of obsessed with them. Right. And I think the problem with it is, is that um, it's a lot harder to make money off of distilling. It's a lot harder. Like, I can't even tell you, I said I was drinking Chinooki from Full Pine right now. I, I buy this beer on a regular basis. I enjoy it. I frequent the place, you know, all that kind of stuff, but once you buy a bottle of whiskey... Like especially a good one, it kind of sits in your house and you have it for a long time. Do you know what I mean? That reoccurring cost isn't always there, which is, I think, definitely one of the big scares that a lot of these breweries that are, before they open up a distillery, like you were talking about Oscar Blues, I think it's a definite fear. I've tried to kind of put the numbers together on it before, and I'm like, eh, I don't know about that one. Oh, yeah, but then you also, even above that, you have the, what, two, maybe three years until you actually sell a product sometimes? I mean, if you're making, uh, you know, if you're not making white whiskey, it's, you know, you're going to, that's a lot of upfront cost mm -hmm. of just make a whole lot of product that you can't sell for, you know, two years. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I don't think we get to see a fair trend either because PA has such a screwed up um, liquor system. Um, that it's difficult to be an independent distillery in Pennsylvania and even hope to get your product on the shelves. So that's probably not even fair to say. <laughs> yeah. 
So it sounds like we are all in agreement there. So the the next thing that we uh, we found, kind of a, it's a local thing, but uh, it, it's been getting some national attention. And this is about a, a local wholesaler, uh, Führer Wholesale. They they list themselves or they describe themselves as the 17th largest wholesaler in the country. Uh, and they're kind of unique for a lot of wholesalers because they kind of uh, they kind of cross the streams with the the big boys. Um, since Amanda is our wholesaler guru, why don't you uh, why don't you, why don't you talk to us about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, Fuhrer is a giant company. Um, they actually claim uh, in this particular article that we're talking about right now that they're netting about two hundred forty-five million dollars a year. And that is because they have some of the tremendous brands. They have um, the old school kids. They've got Coors. They have um, uh, AB. Okay, so right there you've got one in three, basically. Um, and then they've got Sam Adams. They have Sierra Nevada. They have a number of uh, the big guys, too, that are available in Pennsylvania from the craft beer bunch. Uh, but they're a little unique in Pennsylvania because even after the Coors and Miller merge, um, they are still represented uh, in different wholesalers here. So uh, Wilson McGinley continues to do Miller and Fira continues to do Coors, uh, which probably doesn't fly in most of the rest of the country, uh, given that they're the same company now. So apparently they're filing a civil lawsuit right now because Miller Coors is saying that they don't want their crafty brands in the same um, uh, wholesale branch as Anheuser-Busch. Um, and there is good and bad to going with an Anheuser-Busch wholesaler uh, because Bud is such a major player and has been for such a long time to sign up with one of their wholesalers. You can almost guarantee that those reps already know all of the liquor licenses, all the bars, all the taverns, all the distributors in that area. Uh, so some breweries like to go with the big guy. Some don't uh, because they're afraid that because it is Anheuser-Busch that that dominates the market. And it's a little scary as a little guy to um, go up against a major player like that. So uh, we're still trying to unravel exactly what this lost civil lawsuit is, but I think it just means that Miller Coors doesn't want its its craft brands in the same house as Anheuser Busch, and it's trying to say that Fuhrer needs to um, come up with another branch, basically. But you're a little bit more familiar with the branches over there. Yeah, and that's kind of where it gets weird, is Fear kind of already separates their campus, which, mind you... Um, Under Yingling, right? Yeah, Yingling. Yeah. yeah. You know, I found that weird. A while ago, I was trying to start another venture, and when I met with their reps, that was like, oh, well, I'm the Yingling salesman. Okay, that's cool. What else do you have? He's like, oh, we, I have everything else that you want, except for the big macros. And you're like, oh, okay. So that's <laughs> the guy that I'm buying shit from. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But they're a 23-acre campus, 300 employees. Um, yeah, it says here they uh, the wholesaler Fjords covers 800 distributors, restaurants, and bars. So I mean that's that's a pretty pretty decent sized list. And yeah, I mean splitting that up and making all those 800 people order differently and basically starting from scratch with a new company. Yeah, I mean, you, just, yeah exactly. You'd have to buy all new trucks. And, yeah, I mean, um, just to make them happy, even though all the money is going to the exact same place. Well, I, just, I just keep waiting to see if anything's actually going to happen with uh, Coors still being under this house instead of with Miller or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, so part of the, the 
I don't know, nerd in me just kind of wants to see some fallout. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just overall, I, I think it's just it's interesting to see kind of the weight that these big guys can, you know, can throw around that yeah. you have a wholesaler that big that can just kind of, that they can just expect you to start a whole new branch of your company. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess the, the takeaway from that would be if they could do that to a massive wholesaler, what can they do to us with with the, the brands of beer that we get? Or, right. you know, what can they do to, like, a smaller, you know, 100-employee brewery? Yeah. So this is, uh, next thing we found, uh, this is pretty cool. Um, I'm all for I don't know how this would work in PA because it's terrible. Right. But <laughs> all of our stories, we have to be like, well, let's remember we're in PA. <laughs> yeah. So this is basically good for everyone else but us. Um, the post office says post office suggests lifting alcohol delivery ban. So a lot of people don't know that you're not technically allowed to ship alcohol through the mail because we do it all the time with our friends and things like that. But if you actually order from a company, you get it through FedEx, mm -hmm. you, you know, UPS, uh, something like that. But it looks like the post office, uh, Postmaster General is trying to get the post office to start allowing alcohol shipments. And let's remember this, they're on the brink of bankruptcy. So they yeah. really need all the help they can get. And I can't believe they didn't think about this earlier. Although to be fair, um, one of the stories that I heard from a friend of mine who shipped some alcohol um, was because it wasn't marked as like a fragile or even any kind of liquid, it broke and got a bunch of mail wet. And that's sort of part of the reason that they don't want you shipping alcohol yeah. is because you ruin mail if it breaks. Um, not, I don't think, because they want to take, well, I guess it could be um, that they don't, you know, want underage or something like that too. Yeah. But, but basically, the article says they could raise $50 million a year. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> it just, I mean, that seems like that's worth it, especially for a company that's, well, I mean, not a company, but a federal government entity that is basically going out of business. Jake, you got something to say? Oh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you cleared your throat. <laughs> I don't think there's too much argument with that. But you're idea. allowed to disagree. I mean, that's part of the... No, 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 I'm on your guys' page. Cool. So the last little bit of beer news, and this is actually something that Amanda and me disagreed on. Yeah. I know you've no, no one's ever heard us argue before. <laughs> That's crazy talk. But uh, this actually has to do with uh, a, well, a brewery and a idea that I, I really do like. It's the uh, Sierra Nevada Beer Camp. So every year they come out with the, up until this year, it was the uh, a four-pack or a 12-pack of four different beers that you know regular Joes get to go to their brewery go behind the scenes and brew huge batches of beer um, after they show you how to make the make the recipe and how to brew it and basically teach you how to brew at a, a you know big big kid brewery and they'll let you make the beer and then they sell it in their 12 packs and you know some kegs here and there but um, this year's it will base to step back every other year they've done pretty massive differences uh, and I'm actually looking at aleheads.com. Uh, some friends of mine do a podcast who kind of wrote an article uh, centered around my viewpoint on this. So two years ago, it looks like they had a uh, California Common, a Juniper Black Ale, 
a double IPA, and a Weizenbach. Can I, real quick, so this is the third year they've done this? I believe so, yeah. Okay, all right, sorry. Uh, then last year they did a floral IPA, an imperial red, an oatmeal stout, and an imperial pilsner. So a pretty wide range of things. Uh, the article here uh, on Aleheads actually mentions that they don't, they're not too fond of the 2013 release because it's only three beers this year instead of four, and they're all different versions of IPAs. And personally, I, I mean, I love IPAs, but I don't like the idea of them doing just IPAs because I kind of like the, the, the wide range of different styles. And Amanda terribly disagrees with me. Yeah, I do. Uh, to begin, IPAs are so hot. Uh, it's a guarantee sell if you pack them full of IPAs. I mean, Southern Tier does that pack of pails, all the IPAs. It's, it is what it is, but mm -hmm. IPAs sell like hotcakes. Um, in fact, I think we probably have all drank one today. Um, but the other, if you look at the uh, brands from even last year, you're still looking at hoppy beers. Uh, what Imperial Pilsner have you had that isn't hoppy? It's a floral IPA was the other style, an Imperial Red. I mean, Imperial doesn't always mean hoppy. It can mean big, too. But I would guess that it was a little bit hoppy. So really the only one that year that probably wasn't that hoppy would have been the Oatmeal Stout. And then we're doing another Imperial Red this year. Yeah. So, I don't know. I... Yeah, I mean, I guess I understand Brian's point of showcasing different styles and having fun or whatever, but it they also need to sell beer. <laughs> and let's not forget they're kind of a big company, so packaging three beers instead of four costs less money. Uh, so they're a big a company, so they should have more money to uh, do from it. From a business standpoint, I think it makes sense. That's it. Well, sure, a business standpoint, we'll just throw a whole bunch of uh, uh, corn in there, a little bit of rice. Sell a Sierra Nevada pack for like 10 bucks. Great. They're getting big. What happens when you get big? Just saying. I would have liked the kind of the, the more random. Then buy things. your local variety pack. Maybe I will. All right. <laughs> so let me see if that was all. Yep, that is the end of the beer news. Uh, a whole bunch of other stuff went on, but that's the only stuff we saw that kind of thought was interesting. I found a giant booger in a beer. Yeah, that that was terrible. Yeah, I don't. I should give you a picture to post. It was really foul. I'll call it up. Um, can you tell them what it was? Kind of not an actual booger. No, but it looked like it, or a slug, or something like that. Uh, was drinking. Don't do that. I was drinking a um a serpent stout from Lost Abbey, uh, which is always a favorite. Anything from Lost Abbey is very good. And uh, I was drinking outside on my deck, and it was dark, and I went to sip it, and uh, something slimy, and I was like, oh, and I found chunks and stuff and bottles of beer. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, and then a couple sips later, I got it again, and this time I was like, all right, I got to get a look, and I pulled it out, or I sorry, I went to the light, and um, it was like this floating mass of slime. Um, so I actually like picked it up with my finger and like held it up like this, and it was like drooping down like a loogie or something. I'm gonna make Brian post a picture. I mean, it was I found. All kind of chunks and interesting things in beer before. I get it. I get the yeast. I get the hops. I get all that. But this was very slimy. I, I keep I saying even, slimy, but it was gross. I don't even know what would cause that. I mean... It was one of the most... It was easily the most unpleasant thing I've ever found. I, the beer tasted fine. Um, I and, know some of the beers you've had before, and for that to be the most yeah. unpleasant thing as a whole uh -huh. with beer, that's... Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. I, I don't know if you have any 
thought on this one, Jake, but I've never found a slimy loogie in a beer before. So well, That's a first. It sounds to me like maybe somebody wasn't watching that bottling line close enough. Yeah, that's... Pretty gross. Yeah. But you I love I guess I was just surprised because I understand that really nothing in beer can grow that can hurt you. Um, I get that. That's fine. I wasn't worried about it. But, but I can uh, sink to the bottom. But yeah, but it still disturbed me, and I was actually surprised that it hadn't broken up or, or broken down. I should say it was still just. Yeah. Anyway, and that was my big beer excitement over the weekend. Well, they always joke about you know beer being living. That's true. It was the primordial like... ooze. <laughs> Brewing itself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Self-replicating. Uh, did you eat it at least? I would have. Uh, we started selling kombucha, kombuka, whatever that's called, the, the yeah. fermented tea. Um, yeah. And they literally, you can eat the glob at the bottom of that stuff, I yeah. guess, protein and stuff. But until I see a brewery advertising that I should eat any globs I find, I'll <laughs> pass. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Anyway, um, on to brighter topics. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have anything really beer interesting. I've been so busy lately, I've barely even been drinking. Yeah. Um, trying to find 120 minute. That's out now. Yeah. Good luck. I'll find it. It's not like when it first came out after its hiatus. Well, we even still we get a lot more, but it's not like it's the grocery stores have it as singles. Yeah, singles yeah. are a little bit easier. Cases. Just put a case together of singles. It'll cost like five hundred dollars. <laughs> All right. Okay, so let's see. We can close but that. But you don't want to call your wife. It's like, hey, honey, I'm home. Got a case of singles, 120 minute. And she looks at the credit card statement the next day, and she's like, "What did you do?" <laughs> Twelve <laughs> bucks a bottle for 24 of them. Quick math. Well, no, I think the I think Giant Eagle does them for like eight. Really? Yeah, that would be Ooh. close to worth it. Eight I might be wrong. Hour. They might be doing 12. I don't know if I've ever seen 8. No, I just have to get worldwide style and make a black and tan. Uh, heaven and Hell. They call them Heaven and Hells. And my coworker has a great story about a guy that drank like three of them and then spontaneously vomited and pissed himself huh. at the bar. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's a pretty fantastic story. It seems pretty interesting to try to make up, though. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's... I don't know, Jake, do you have anything wild and interesting happened with beer over the past week or so? Not a whole lot. Um, I've just been drinking a lot of it. Well, that <laughs> happens, yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty much it. I feel like uh, I've been doing some crazy beer meetings and getting new stuff set up for my business that uh, I, I've definitely had my share over the last couple weeks. Hmm. Well, I guess, you know what, I lied. I did have something interesting beer this weekend. Okay. That's a great segue. Oh, oh. I went and toured Voodoo Brewery. Um, got a bus, you know, took a, uh, a tour bus up and with a bunch of people, drank a whole lot there, um, drank on the way up, drank on the way back. Voodoo does not make small beers, so I would believe no. uh, that you could drink quite a bit. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. They, uh -huh. they gave us a couple uh, flights of samples. Oh. Uh, by a couple, I mean like 12 like of like 10 each. Yeah. Like, so there was a lot of drinking. Their uh, food was amazingly good. Yeah. The last time I was up there, they had just got that pub running. So I'm, mm. I think somebody made us like a fluff for some apples or something to munch on when we were up there. But So I do need to go visit it now that the all the food is available. Yeah. So segue, the reason I, got, I went there was on the PA Brew Tours. Mm -hmm. So 
and that's obviously Jake's company. Oh, you'll notice I didn't get an invite to this, despite being his dedicated co-host. Takes a little, takes a little type industry discount. Send me one. Jake at pavertours.com. <laughs> so, uh, that's you know doing that tour. I thought it'd be a great idea to have Jake on and kind of talk about. It. And the reason I, I wanted to have uh, you on, Jake, was you know, my my site's basically about learning about beer. Uh, we do the podcast for fun and we talk about the beer news and things like that. Uh, but the whole idea behind what, everything I try to do is really getting people, you know, people in the industry that know a lot about beer to learn more. Um, I mean, I've learned way more than I ever, you know, I thought I knew a whole lot when I started it, and I realized that I was an idiot. Yeah, and it turns out everything that you learn is kind of wrong. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, and part of that is, and I heard this from someone else, is that most, you know, 90% of everything, even in beer right now, is people making up as they go along. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is a base science to brewing, and distilling and all those things, but the you know the marketing and how you make a brew pub and uh, you know your lineup of beers that you do mm -hmm. and all that stuff. You're just, people just make it up as they go. Mm -hmm. you, you know, people write articles about it and books and things like that. But you know you, what you think you learn and it sounds right to you, you might find out is most other people don't do. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, I think the PA Brew Tours is awesome. I think that's great anyway because you have people that want to go that's drink nice. and you're taking care of them in a way. So I, that's like a that's awesome. Yeah, and I, I think that the you know for me it was cool because I, I've been through tons of breweries, so I didn't really learn anything. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't like oh that's when you put the yeast in. Okay, but the the things that you know were great for me was being able to go to a brewery that was a little bit further away than down the street and not having to drive, mm -hmm. and I thought that was great, and most of the other people on the tour, I thought there'd be a bunch of people like me, and we would just talk beer the whole way. In the beginning, in the beginning, they were. Um, in the beginning, I, you know, uh, I've been open for probably, uh, my first tour is in January, so in the beginning, it really was those people that, on the whole bus, you know, sharing, this is the brand new special release from this place, and oh, I, you know, very into beer, know a ton about it, and um, over time, it's it's really changed, which is you know mainly because it's it's tough to keep that market here in Pittsburgh, you know, hopping on the bus every day. So mm -hmm. from a business standpoint, yeah. is reaching out to these other people, and then uh, you know I look at it as my job to teach people about craft beer, so they don't go buy Bud Light. So if I can get somebody on a bus that goes to Voodoo Brewery, and then they say, "Holy crap, this is really cool," and there's more out there than that, then I did my job. We we're successful, you know. So do you act as like a tour guide? Do you, do you like stay up front at the front of the bus and talk on a microphone and educate on the way up, or is it just chill until you get up there? No, we, we don't. We used to. Um, and we really found that not everybody was interested in the whole, from start to finish, being talked to about what type of hop was going in on this beer that you're about to drink and right. what this stuff is. But I also think that you take a ton of thunder away from the brewers. Okay. Like, you get to, you, like, I mean, me, I know, I, I like to think I know a lot about brewing and a lot about the beer industry, but, I mean, I'm no Matt Allen you know, <laughs> from Voodoo. I mean, you, so, I mean, he goes up there, and then you just got done telling him about what the brewing process was and, you know, what's up and coming. So, you know, we try to keep it right in the middle of educational and a beer bus. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, because there are other businesses like us out there that are basically, they rent school buses and they drive around and drink the whole time. Mm. So we kind of try to keep it in there. 
Um, and the way that we did that on our rides was we created just a little game that talked about, you know, who did collaboration beers for Craft Beer Week and use your smartphone and where do we go and friend us on Facebook and how many breweries there are in Pennsylvania. You wouldn't believe the people that are like, I had no idea there was 111 breweries in PA. You're like, yeah, there's like 20 of them right in your backyard. And that's cool. That's that's really what where I fall in love with the business idea, you know. And a great example of that game and for the type of crowd that this attracted, which I think is great, is uh, one of the things of the game was that the first person to stand up and name their favorite beer and introduce himself got points. And the points were good for, at the end of the tour, they gave away some T-shirts and, and uh, pint glasses mm-hmm. and things like that. And the woman that stood up was, I'd say, probably about 40-ish years old. And her favorite beer was Corona. Oh, yeah. there's a challenge right off the bat. Yeah, we don't get a lot of that. I wish I was on that ride. Normally some guys like Dogfish 120 or, you know, something yeah. one of the big, you know, one of the big cool microbrewers that everybody knows about. That would actually be kind of exciting to have somebody on your PA brew tour who would say Corona or Bud Light or something because there you've got that fresh person and, you know, they're not jaded and a white whale hunter and you can be like, listen, I'm going to knock your socks off and love child. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's going to a place like Voodoo or Full Pine or um, places that have kind of full lines of beers. You say, you know, by the time you leave this place, I will guarantee you that you like one of these beers. And it yeah. always happens, you know. And you just change that person. You just brought them into our industry. Yep. One person at a time. I, but that's awesome. It's like, okay, so you drank Corona or Bud Light, and now you drink Shinoki. Uh-huh. Win, you know? And when I first went on, or when I first, uh, you know, heard my friends talk about you guys, the big thing I thought of was the, you know, all, all the beer nerds going and, you know, just nerding out over a, a brewery they don't get to go to a lot. But to be honest, seeing the people that were on it, I think that's way better. Mm-hmm. I think it's way better use of time and resources to get people that don't know that much or you know might not have ever had a craft beer. I getting mean, them actually out there, I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are that. I mean, we we definitely have your craft beer guy that has never had a chance to get out to Helltown, to get out to All Saints, you know, in the outskirts of the city. Um, so you know, we certainly cater to those people. We that's where we were formed, you know, of me, you know, my Saturdays literally consisted of driving around western Pennsylvania and filling up growlers. So I had beer to drink at night, like right from the source. And just Not go. a bad Saturday, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, and just, and, and me geeking out. Um, and then, so we've talk, can I tell a story of how we were kind of formed? I think it's pretty cool. You can say whatever you want. This is your forum now. <laughs> okay. So, um, well, it, I'm, I'm a part, a very small portion owner of Voodoo Brewery. We keep talking about them, but um, for a while ago, I was I was doing a lot of marketing for them, going to beer fest and basically pouring, you know. So having the Voodoo van come pick me up and, and drive out for Philly Craft Beer Week or Senate Square Brew Fest or Beer and Gear or all that stuff that we all know. And um, I was pouring a big pour last year, and... Everybody kept coming up, and, you know, it's a beer fest, so people are getting a little twisted, and, you know, they're like, dude, I would do anything to go up to your brewery, but I'll never make it home. And I was like, <laughs> what if what if a bus went to Voodoo? You know, so I was like, man, what if a bus did go to Voodoo? So I woke up the next morning, and I was joking with people there, and I was like, hey, you know, dude, I'm going to rent that bus. 
I'll, I'll, I'll make a Facebook page. I'll rent a bus. We'll all go up there. And um, for people that I knew from the industry, just from being around, you know, people that I knew that would be into it. And um, so I did it and basically, you know, put a website up after I built a business plan when I was finishing up my when I was finishing up business school and I put up like a $300 website and I put on two dates, a January and a February date and the January sold out instantly. Oh, wow. um, like within, I mean, I'm talking like boom, done. Like Steel City Big Poor sell out. No, really, I actually, I did it old school. I didn't have a ticketing system. I only had a PayPal link. Oh, nice. And yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're talking kicking old school on this thing. <laughs> like, I don't know how real this thing really is. And, like, my wife's like, just don't go into debt. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm out of beer business, you know. Thanks, honey. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, so, so no, so I, I printed out hard tickets, and I brought them to New Kensington House of a Thousand Beers. Mm -hmm. I gave them to John LeCarey, the owner. Mm -hmm. And I said, dude, you into this? And he was like, dude, I'm super into this. He calls me the next day. He's like, they're sold. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. I'm like, well, holy crap. So, all right. So then I did, like, the Facebook and the Twitter feed and all that kind of stuff. And then um, Bob Bats from the Post, because mm -hmm. that in Pittsburgh. Um, I had no idea who Bob was. Like, I'd worked in the industry for a little bit and done it kind of as a side gig and all that kind of stuff, but I really I didn't know who he was. I got a private message, and it was just, hey, you'd be interesting to write about. Uh-huh. He's great. He's really got his, you know, he's got his pulse on the Pittsburgh yeah. scene. He's good. Yeah, I give him credit. He's fairly fair. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yep. not too leaning towards, like, one, you know, one company or person. Nope, or, yeah. nope. As soon as he hears about it, he wants. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. So he said, you'd be interesting to write about. I was like, okay, cool. You want to talk? He's like, yeah, I'll call you at four. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. This dude's going to call me, and he's going to write about me. So he, he called me, and he put me on the front page of the uh, food and wine section on Thursday, you know, the weekender food and wine section. I oversold my second tour by 180 tickets because I had no wow. stuff on it. Whoa. It was instant. I mean, I missed out on, when I say thousands of dollars of revenue, I mean thousands and thousands of dollars of revenue. I had to call every one of those people personally oh. and try to push them to another event or do that kind of stuff. And then I was like, okay, so this is real. You know, I have a business. People like it. There's a market for this. Now let's really do it. And then that's yeah. kind of when I, I rallied up some funds and put together a real website and you know, got a ticketing company and then, you know, really started to look at all of it. So we've been open for six, seven months. It's been an incredible rush and it's something that I'm super proud of. So how many people do you normally, oh, I should say, first of all, do you, so you say you do them like once a month or? Well, actually the entire summer we've done one, two, three, or four every Saturday. Oh Go my, on. okay. Um, but there's kind of a business behind the business that I didn't know about. So I think a lot of people are seen on the front. Um, which are kind of these, we call them open ticket buyers, which are people that just, you know, them and a person, them and a couple friends want to go and, and ride to do our Saints and Sinners tour, mm. which is the hell town at All Saints um, out in Greensburg and Mount Pleasant. They want to get outside the city. They want to have a nice day. Um, those are open ticket holders, and, and you know, they, they'll, sell, they'll sell well. But we do a ton of private trips. We have okay. people that rent entire vehicles. Um, we signed a agreement with the transportation company because that's really what this is all about. Like, I think that I tend to tell people that on the front of this business is there's the shell of awesome craft beer and education and 
meeting the brewer and having samples and all that, but really this is a transportation company. So when it comes to like insurance, I, I could talk to you guys about that. Oh my. <laughs> there's only there's only we're told there's only four businesses in the entire nation that you can pick up at drinking establishments, let people drink on the vehicle, drop them off at drinking establishments, and then release them on their own will and we're insured to do that. Yeah. It's I mean that's huge. It is not cheap. It is really, really, really expensive. I can imagine there's quite a bit of liability behind that. Yeah. Which is why, Brian, do you see how we, we did that you had to sign a waiver? Yeah. We are actually uninsurable without a waiver. So and you you do drink on the bus on the way to or from? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. We I mean, we encourage it. I, I've never had, I've had maybe one problem child. We've yeah. had only 700 passengers at this point. Oh, my gosh. So I've had one out of 700 that was a problem child. So... Yeah. Right now, it seems like I'm attracting the demographic of people that can drink responsibly and kind of have a good time. But and it doesn't seem like you advertise as like, and it could be, but like as a bachelor party or something, like a go up and get drunk. I mean, you do have to have some interest in hanging out at the brewery and listening to the brewer talk his nerd talk for a little while. So Yeah, and you know, there's one little spot on our website that has private tours, and we book a ton of them. Uh -huh. We do a ton of bachelor parties. We do a ton of bachelorette parties, birthdays, special occasions, all that kind of stuff um, to basically have a, a carefree evening. We, the agreement that we signed with our transportation company is that we're able to provide a private luxury vehicle for well under the cost of a limo. Mm -hmm. So like people that want to go do that, they're like, wait a minute, so a limo is $1,400 for the night, but you're $700. Ooh. Do it. So like, I mean, I, I think the overarching theme, like if I could kind of display across is that I'm really all about getting this craft beer community, especially in western Pennsylvania. I mean, is there more money for me to make off of this? Absolutely. But, I mean, I'm all about getting people to go check these places out and mm -hmm. growing them. Like, I'd be heartbroken if some, one of these places closed. I mean, seriously, like, I take it really to heart. You know what I mean? So if I throw 25 people out to your joint in Mount Pleasant, that they bought stuff and now they know about you and they know where you're from, then I was successful it's because mm -hmm. I made you successful, you know? Yeah, and that's honestly that's one of the things I liked was you uh, the tour started or got picked up at a local establishment, local you know restaurant that opened up a little early for us. Then we left from there, so people bought beer there, you know, good craft beer there, you know, growlers, mm -hmm. four packs, six packs. Then took out on the bus and we drank that. All the way till the it's an hour and a half up to Meadville. So, yeah, yeah. So drank that the whole way, and and I will say, you know, even though there wasn't a whole lot of, um, you know, like we said, nerd talk the of what was going on the whole way, um, our tour guide, um, AP, which by the way, awesome tour guide. <laughs> he's he's been such an asset to this to this business. I I can't even begin to tell you. He was he's been here from the beginning. He used to run my Twitter account. He used to do all that kind of stuff. I have a very demanding day job, so I have to rely on other people to continue to make Oh, so you're balancing this with a regular job, too. Guys, I'm working like 90 to 100 hours a week. I, I'm oh, not going to Oh, Lord. No wonder you need beer. Really, what do you find time to drink? <laughs> I'm, I'm really putting hours in. Um, so having those type of people that are on my bus that I can trust with zero oversight and know that they're going to be squared away and, and make sure everybody has a good time and be responsible and take care of everything, that's like, that's worth its weight in gold. That's yeah. awesome, you know? Trust. Yeah, and, you know, even though he wasn't, you know, detailing the hops that were used and the brewing process and all that stuff, he um, was really engaging with everybody and, 
you know, there was a little bit of group talking where we all talked about a couple things, and then uh, we're kind of left to our own devices talking, but he did go up and down a couple times and talk to people, and, you know, you could tell a little, being sober, the, I tried to keep my wits about me so yeah. I could remember about it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was one of the few. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, you could tell that a lot of that was him keeping an eye on things to make sure that there wasn't a second problem child. Right. You know, that there's... Yeah, I mean, we, don't, we hire adults, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what you have yeah. to do. We're not, I'm not interested in hiring an 18-year-old person that's going to come on there and just, you know, be like, hey, guys, we're on our way to Voodoo. We'll be back at 6. Have a great night. You know, right. that's, not, that's not what we're looking for. So that's awesome to have that feedback, though. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just great having a, a nice, personable, you know, guide to talk to you and hang out so that it was more of a hangout the way up there instead of, you know, just sit there silently and drink. Um, and especially me, since I went by myself, I didn't, most everyone else went with a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was nice having someone kind of interact and not just talk beer stuff the whole time so that we could, you know, the the people that might have been there by themselves, uh, you know, kind of got everything. And that's kind yeah, of the second thing awesome. I thought was cool about what you do is... I would imagine a lot of those people, and even some people that know a little bit about beer, might not understand how the process works to go visit the brewery. You know, they might not know to look for their hours and set up the tour, and, and even then, every brewery is different. Mm-hmm. You know, like Dogfish Head in, in um, uh, Milton, Delaware. You have to sign up on their website, and it's free, but you have to sign up on their website to pick a spot and then show up for the spot and then sign in and all mm-hmm. this stuff uh, versus... We guarantee you know, it, you know. I mean, that's, if you're going to get on our bus, you're going to be taken care of. You know, it's, it's customer service 101. You know, we've really built the relationships over a long time. It's come a long way since I incorporated last November, and here's this guy that walks into your place and says, hey, my name's Jake. I'm going to start a company called PA Brew Tours. Can I bring people here? No, <laughs> like, what are you about to, what? And you're like, uh-huh. like yeah, no, this is, this is what I'm pretty going to, this is what I'm going to do. So, I mean, we're, we're really stoked about it, and, you know, the business is, is transforming every day. And so you guys are, sorry, you guys are called PA Brew Tours, and I know that you've done uh, Western PA stuff so far, um, and then, of course, we absolutely want to support local. Um, are you ever going to go east? Is that an idea, or is it going to be kind of strictly, let's stay local and just well, curious? <laughs> our, uh, no, I, I'd love to talk about it. Um, so... Kind of the future of our business is, is really two things. So we didn't know this going into it, but um, brewery, winery, and food tourism is a huge thing. So when I first kind of came on the map, I actually had the, the tourism bureau, visit pittsburgh.org, uh, which is a taxpayer-funded tourism bureau for Pittsburgh, basically pull us in and be like, Jake, we need you. This has been a void in our market. Can oh. you design some? Yeah, they're like they're like every city has this. Like we have known about that. We need to somehow market our breweries a little bit better. Um, can you can you fill that void? Of course, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure, I'd love to. So we're we're always gonna have our for our core drinkers in Pittsburgh. There's always gonna be buses that are gonna get you outside of the city, so you can go check out that new brewery. That's that's our core. That's who we are. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but what we've designed is the Pittsburgh Brewery Tour, which is for people that come into the city. So 
I was getting requests left and right for people that were like, hey, Jake, I'm in town from Alabama, and I want to check out Penn Brewery. Can you come give us a tour? Sorry, we're not there yet, but now we are. So now you get a nice day um, on afternoons, 1 to 4. It's a shorter tour. Mm -hmm. um, you go to Penn. You go to church. We give you a full. It's, it's, the, it's the most tourist type thing that we do um, as far as, like, education. So... I'm, t I'm talking to them at Penn Brewery about, you know, how they originally started brewing in the, you know, German purity laws of 1516. You know, and I'm, I'm teaching them about all that kind of stuff and then the history of the building and all that kind of place because it kind of meets it, um, which, is, which is awesome. Uh, I think that I would have as many Pittsburgh people on it as possible, but we formed it just for these people that are coming in and Googling right. Pittsburgh breweries. I'm here for one night, dude. I want to check this place out. And you're like, of course, I'll be there. You know what I mean? So... We did that. That's kind of our newest phase is switching over to the people coming inside of the city, not only to bring money to our local economy, and also, so think about it. So you're from Alabama or, who knows, Virginia or something like that. You go to Penn Brewery and Church Brew Works. You see how cool they are. You have a beer. You get an awesome tour. You learn basically what they're all about, and then you happen to see them in a distributor someday. You're going to buy that case of beer. Mm -hmm. We not only just like grew our local economy, but grew our local beer culture and talked about our history. And they're like, actually, man, this guy gave me this tour, this group that is, told me that Pittsburgh is a, you know, a city of neighborhoods. And it's in the Deutschtown neighborhood. And it's this cool building that has catacombs out the back of it. And their beer is incredible. Let's get this case of Penn Dark. You're like, yes, let's do that. You know? well, um, yeah, I think we've all been on tours before or vacations where you, know, you go – uh, you go to the city and you want a tour or you want to buy beer or something like that, and you just kind of stare blankly at Google searches of, yeah. you know. Top uh, beer bars in this city. Yeah, and then yeah. that kind of goes back to what I, I was saying before, where then you don't know when they do tours, how they do tours, any of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of flying blind. Like I remember uh, Voodoo actually uh, years ago before they opened their tasting room, uh, their website said, uh, if the garage lights yeah, are on, basically come so, on yeah, in. If the garage is open or if the lights are on, just yep. open the door and you can get your growler filled. Yep. We'll probably be here between these hours. <laughs> and it might have been slightly illegal, but that's the fun. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. But, but, Not anymore. Not anymore. But even if, even if a brewery is like that, you know, getting a tour to actually take you there, then mm -hmm. it's not as scary. You know, like, right. I mean, even uh, a local East End Brewing's old, uh, old brewery. Right. The, you know, a nondescript building next to a bridge. Puts that, a keg out front. And that's yeah, it. the only way you could tell if they were open was an old keg sitting outside an open front door. Right, and there may have been a sign somewhere, but we're not sure. <laughs> yeah, so... It's intimidating, absolutely. So it's cool. That's why I, you know, I think the biggest benefit to what you're doing, Jake, is that, is the people being able to come to a place and not fear doing something wrong or misstepping or looking stupid. Because mm -hmm. yeah, with that tour, you just stand there and basically, you know, if you have no idea what you're doing, you do what they say and you have a good time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's it. I mean, it's it's really all about the love of the industry, the love of these people. They've been in the craft beer community here in Pittsburgh has been so open arms to me. Like, I almost get teared up thinking about it. Like, Jake, what do you, what do you need from us? How can we make, how can we help you? How can we make this happen? And it's like, of course, you know, well, let's, I need this. All right, let's do it. But uh, to go back to you know future plans, we're definitely looking at Erie, um, yeah. really, really, really soon. A lot of stuff. Yeah. I, well, work. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Little Southern tier. Tour of one. 
Yeah, well, um, we are we're doing our first overnight in August, an overnight tour. That is a huge step. Um, yeah. You need to find a hotel broker. All this stuff that I had no idea about getting into this. Um, we're gonna do an overnight from Pittsburgh up to Lavery Brewing, mm -hmm. um, and then also Erie Brewing Company, which has been around forever. Um, great people, and then stay the night. Uh, turn around and then have an all-inclusive brunch uh, at Voodoo with an incredible menu and a, and a Grand Met Mosa, which is going to be awesome. It's all including the ticket price. So that's like our first step into kind of venturing out. And then we, we're going to venture to Erie, which is going to be bringing people down to do like your Blue Canoes, your Timber Creeks, your Voodoo, your North Country, and then bringing people straight into the city. Like I can't tell you how many people from Erie. That's I grew up there, so that's an easy I was about to ask you. I, I was assuming you weren't from Pittsburgh. Just yeah. from yeah, no, so I grew up there, and everybody's like, Jake, if I could get a bus to go down, we get, we come to Pittsburgh three times a year anyway, mm -hmm. you know, and there's a lot of tour buses that come down to begin with. Um, if I can somehow package that to get people down here, do some great things for our craft breweries, introduce them to Penn Brewery, introduce them to Church Brewers, introduce them to Full Pint, whoever they want to be introduced to, I'll figure a way to make it happen. Um, that's definitely kind of step number two after this first overnight, and then step number three is is we are we – are, intensely planning for out east. Uh -huh. um, actually, you guys are kind of the uh, the very first people we've officially announced it on. Oh, so. my gosh. Look at this. Brian, somebody. Yeah. Woo! Let's cheer. Can we do a cheer? <laughs> guys? Say, it pays to know people. <laughs> um, but uh, we're really ready to do that. Um, you know, one of the bigger problems here in Pittsburgh, there's tons of craft breweries, but there's nothing even close to being compared to what's out in the Philly area. The options are never ending. So, like, here I have my set tours, right? Well, like, I mean, Brian, yourself, you just went on a tour. Are you going to want to go on a voodoo tour next month? Probably not, right? I mean, you'd go up there. You know what I mean? To go have a good time, but buy another ticket and do all that. Probably not. In Philly, we don't have that problem. So, just because there's just so much out there. So, um, I personally am going to be driving out, and we've definitely been talking to some industry people out there some bloggers and all that kind of stuff to kind of help us put together what fits, what works, because I'm definitely not overly familiar with it. Um, I, I'm familiar with the beer, but not the city. That would be overwhelming, I would think, to begin with. Oh, it, yeah. It is. Um, if I could, if I didn't have this uh, day job, it would probably be a lot <laughs> easier. But, um, well, theoretically, we're working towards that, right? That you don't have to have your day job anymore. It's, exactly. it's, definitely, it's definitely the goal. So... No, out there, I, I think that there's a ton of opportunity um, to be able to do some really, really great craft beer stuff, especially for their tourists. And then, um, yeah, I mean, that's about it. In Pittsburgh, we have some things that are coming up for next year that are incredible. Uh, we are going to be placing some advertisement out there soon on site that's going to say the Brew Loop is coming soon. Uh, we are going to release that during Craft Beer Week 2014. It will be a loop that will go to every brewery in the city with uh, multi, basically simultaneously running buses. So you can get on at Roundabout Brewery in Lawrenceville. Mm -hmm. You can stay there for 20 minutes, and another bus is going to be out front to pick you up to take you to the next one that you want to go to and just kind of run it around. Um, it sounds kind of dangerous. <laughs> well, we're only going to run it for like four hours. So, And that's one of the things. you got to be our insurance carrier – Every time we do something new, I have to discuss it with them. So you have, like, several buses on a 20-minute loop? Is that what I'm understanding? Well, so the route that I'm looking at right now, and if there's any industry people listening, if I say your name, I haven't, and I haven't made contact with you yet. My apologies. This is what's in our head. Um, we're thinking about going to Roundabout. 
uh, Hop Farm, which is going to open up there right in Lawrenceville. Going to East End, Rock Bottom, Penn Church. Penn Brewery Church Brewers. And basically the, the uh, vehicle will just go around in a circle. And we're going to do a unigrowler for it. So you can just pretty much hop on the bus and, and go all over the city for a craft beer week event um, and go to see every brewery, theoretically, if you wanted to, in, in a little under two hours. So we're you still... You're going to chug your beer in 20 minutes. Well, a couple of those, they only give samples. So there's ah, probably okay. that you won't be there the whole time. Uh, Scott at East End might not have his uh, pub license by that time. And same with, like, Roundabout and um, those guys. But... The thing is, is that there'll be buses that are going to be running around. So if you want to stay for longer than 20 minutes, um, you can stay for longer than 20 minutes and get the next bus that's coming. Do you see what I'm saying? So we're going to do some stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's it. I'd love to do an overnight trip out east from Pittsburgh, too, and all that kind of stuff. So I've been rambling. Two more plugs, if I can get them in. Um, Anybody that's listening today, if you guys go to my website at www.pabrewtours.com, uh, and type in the code Craft Beer Academy, which is the awesome podcast that you are listening to right now. You can get 25% off any ticket, um, as many as you want to buy uh, for any of them. So that's a pretty darn good deal. You can save a ton of money doing that, and we would love to have you. And also, a portion of every ticket sale goes to Wounded Warrior Project. Cool. So, uh, that is something. I'm a veteran. I just got back from Iraq. Um, I'm also a Wounded Warrior, so it is a. Uh, a big person of our business and that we are, are uber proud of, veteran-owned business. So, um, Oh, and if you're a veteran, I might as well throw that in there. Veterans are buy one, get one free no matter what. So all they got to do is awesome. Yep. So that's it. Unless you guys want me to keep talking, I feel like I've been spewing words. It's a podcast. You spew. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, the you know, like you said, other cities kind of have these things, um, but... They don't, they don't let you drink on the bus. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, we always make fun of Pennsylvania for their dumb laws, laws, but I, I like that that law somehow slipped through. They didn't notice it. Well, if you notice, um, my wording is very explicit, um, as well as I say samples provided, and you get food, which is how I, I basically give you more value, but I can't put pint value into – I can't sell this on my ticket price. That's illegal. Right. So you know, you know we liquor license for your bus or something. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be cool though? Yeah. <laughs> Brew on the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so the last thing I wanted to mention uh, before we uh, kind of wrap this up, so we're we're not here too long, was uh, something that's really cool that you're doing that you didn't mention yet, and it was uh, one of the local Pittsburgh uh, big beer fests uh, called the Steel City Big Pour. Um, the Ability to, and I mean, this is with any beer fest. You go to the beer fest and you drink for three hours and then you have to figure out how to get home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people do that in a less than legal way. And Pittsburgh is not a taxi friendly city. <laughs> no, and then some of us just find a restaurant within walking distance and, you know, sober up and, you know, head out. Right. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are uh, working with them to, uh, to get people to a couple spots in the city. Yeah, so we're super stoked about this. It is something I totally forgot to talk about because I think that, it is, I think that as far as our business model, I think that it's something that is going to be really great for beer lovers in the area. We have this ability that not many people do is that we are really good at transporting people that have been drinking. It's yeah. it's, it's what we – I mean, it's, it's kind of what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Big Poor reached out to us. Big Poor is actually where my business idea was formed. So naturally, I was like, "Hell yes! How do we make this happen?" You know. So now, um, when you buy your Big Poor ticket, you have the ability to buy essentially a plus up ticket for twenty four bucks, which is pretty darn affordable if you know anything about cab fare. Mm-hmm. And it'll take you basically wherever you need to go in the city. So you can either go to Squirrel Hill, um, South Side. You can go to well. Uh, Carson Street Deli and Craft Beer House on the south side, uh, Bogtown Beer and Grill in Manaka, uh, or New Kensington House of a Thousand Beers out in. Uh, now you said in the city. Yeah, those, those are, are quite two. far. Yeah, yeah. I'm, still, I'm starting from the outside. Yeah, or New Kensington House of a Thousand Beers out in New Kent. Those come with additional food and drink tickets, so you can get with built in that ticket price. You're going to be able to go there and buy a drink and some food, um, provided in that. Or there's more. We'll call it shuttle style busing. That takes you to a drop-off in Squirrel Hill, a drop-off in Highland Park, and a drop-off um, in Shadyside. And uh, yeah, we're we're really really stoked about it. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be awesome for us and awesome for them because if you've ever been to Big Port or you've ever been to a beer fest when they essentially kick you out, it's not a pleasant thing. Like I've sat there sober and watched people get into their cars, and it's like, are you serious? It's really scary. Yeah. 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 Well, it, well, it, and also, I mean, hey, we're we're all from the same mold. We want these things to keep happening in our communities and, and keep enjoying awesome beer. What happens that first person that gets into a, a drunking and driving serious accident and kills somebody? Yeah. I mean, and that's where we're trying to fill the void. So now you're going to be able to hop out both sessions, get you in a bus, get you to where you need to go, and try to make it a little bit easier on you. You, could, you should just take all the vendors home then. Christ, we're there yeah. for like 12 hours. I had thought that. I was like, huh, maybe I should like have a special vendor vehicle or you something. You could charge double for us. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. And, you know, so what I've been looking at doing is is we're going to try to provide the same type of service for the majority of the beer events that go around. I've got a lot of work to do to meet those people and say, this is what I do, this is an option for you. So if there's anybody listening out there that plans a beer event, a craft beer event, is looking for transportation, uh, send me a personal email, jake at um, pabrewtours.com, and you know, we'll try to make it um, happen for you and make it affordable, which is awesome. So thanks for bringing that up. I almost My, my other <laughs> business partner is probably going to be listening to this and being like, thank God he said that. <laughs> no, I, that was one of the big things I thought was cool because um, you know, a couple of the beer fests that I, I attend and don't work, uh, I actually try to aim for the ones that are have hotels within walking distance, mm-hmm. so I can stumble out of the place and and yeah. walk over to the hotel and go to bed. Yeah. So, right. um, you know, that's I've worked the you know I work a lot of the beer fest now, so I I you know keep the drinking to a little bit less than I did when I do when I attend a little yeah. bit. No. Some some vendors don't, uh, but but yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, but I think we're just about the hour mark, so probably wrap this up. Um, really want to thank Jake from PA Brew Tours, PABrewTours.com. Thank, you, thank uh, you guys. It yeah, meant a lot to be asked to do this, and don't forget if there's anybody listening, uh, go with that discount code. And thanks again, appreciate it. Yeah, and I'll I'll tweet this out and put it on my Facebook and the webpage and everything. Um, you know, now that I know you work like 100 hours a week, I'm even more thankful. That you took the time to come here, that's that's pretty cool. It just gives them an hour to drink. Yeah. yeah. It was, it, it was I, as you guys can tell, I'm really excited about what we have coming up and everything. So to be able to tell you guys about it, tell other people about it, and have a few good beers while I'm doing it, <laughs> not, you didn't have to twist my leg, you know? 
Yeah, it's, it's basically how I get a man to here every time. And I'm mad. I, I literally almost brought Voodoo Love Child. I was going now, I've had that guy sitting in the, the fridge for a little bit. I figured it was a good time to bring it out. Um, I do think we're going to have Matt on from uh, from Voodoo here in the near future. We won't even get a word in edgewise. That'll be awesome. We'll yeah. just sit here and drink for an hour. That's great. <laughs> you, you literally will have to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just send Brian up to get us more beer. He's, he's one of the best people you'll ever meet. He's one of the reasons that I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Um, Any time that I ever have a question, a Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? I call him, and he is the most open arms, nicest guy you'll ever meet. Jake, I can actually agree with that. I owe him part of my start, too. So cheers to him. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a, he's definitely a guiding light in a world of people that aren't nice to each other sometimes. <laughs> so uh, I guess just to kind of wrap this up before I let everyone go, uh, just let you know we're actually doing um, – Podcasts uh, back-to-back weeks this month, so I'll be doing this podcast again this coming Wednesday. That sounds uh, exhausting. Yeah, just, you know, God, drinking and talking oh. to people about drinking. <sighs> it is so tiring. Uh, but what I did want to mention was uh, we have a special guest from uh, Moonlight Meadery. Uh, their, their head uh, mead maker, uh, I don't know what they call We'll, we'll have to be heavily educated the, for this show. Yeah. So, um, but they uh, they distribute uh, somewhere around a hundred types of mead. Um, yeah. Throughout a lot of the country. Um, yeah. He makes some pretty amazing stuff. They even make one called Utopian, that is a mead aged in Sam Adams Utopias barrels. Good lord. Yeah. Um, How do you get a hold of those? I think you have to be really good friends with the guy. <laughs> Um, they, it's, it's a limited release they do every year, so that plus another, you know, 99 types of mead. Are we going to have samples during the show? I hope so. I I believe we are. Um, worst case, um... Go down to Arsenal. So... What'd you say? Doesn't he have mead at Arsenal? Um, no, he just does, uh, cider. Does he only do cider? Okay. You got to, Um, what is it, Laurel Highlands Mead? Yeah, that's, um... Um, but a uh, local, I guess one of the better uh, uh, bottle shops in the country is down the road from us in Ohio, uh, Vintage Estates uh, Wine and Beer. Uh, have something like 60 different kinds of mead there. So worst case, we'll have some mead to drink. No oh, bummer. Um, might even have to break into the first batch of mead I ever made. It's been aging for about two and a half years now. I've had some samples of that stuff, right? It's good. I mean, I'm it's, not a mead person, okay. but I like it. It's nice. I mean, not that I'm not a mead person. I just yeah. don't know much about it. Well, we are going to learn all about it. I'm excited. So, um, you know, next Wednesday, hopefully I have this podcast up sooner than the last one because I still don't have it up yet. But, um, yeah, so awesome. Well, thanks for, if you watched or are going to watch it, thanks for watching. And if you just listened to it, well, thanks for listening too. Hopefully we didn't make too many, hey, look at this references that you won't get. Well, we had Jake to make us look good, too. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's why I had to guess. You get my spectacular hair products? <laughs> <laughs> but you see, you're getting the idea now. That's why I have guests on, so that we don't have to do as much. That's right. It's slacking. But I only had two beers this podcast. They usually have a couple more. Yeah. Nah. Well, we'll finish the beers up after. All right. My drawers have gone. Um, everyone, thanks for listening, watching, participating. Uh, visit jakepabrewtours.com 
you can watch this on my YouTube channel, or if you go to uh, craftbeeracademy.com slash live-show, live show, uh, this will be streaming there here in a couple minutes. So thanks for viewing. Thank you. Have a good time. Good See you guys again. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Craft Beer Showdown podcast. Make sure to check out craftbeeracademy.com for more information and to give feedback on today's show. Don't forget to watch the next episode live on Google Plus Hangouts or YouTube by going to craftbeeracademy.com slash live dash show.